Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, what's up? And welcome to another episode of Serious Issues, a comic book podcast brought to you by King's Comics, the official com- official podcast. Official. official, yeah, we're yeah, absolutely. Twenty seventeen, motherfuckers. We're the official comic book podcast of King's Comics in Sydney. My name is Levins. My name is Siobhan. Every week, we read all the comics that all the publishers put out. Almost all of the comics from almost all of the publishers. Yeah, and uh, we let you know which of them are the ones that you should be reading too. Uh, hopefully, you've read all the comics that we're about to talk about because we spoil a few things. Nothing too drastic. Nothing major, guys. Don't worry. Chill we'll out. be fine. Uh, this week, we got uh, a buttload of number ones. Number ones out the wazoo. <laughs> um, and it, it, was, it was a relatively quiet week. I, I wish that we got this week while we were on holiday. Yeah, totally. Um, welcome back from your holiday, Siobhan. Thanks. Where'd Same you, to you. Where'd you go? Um, I went to a place where there was just a beach and no other humans, which is pretty much my ideal holiday. Yeah, I found two secluded beaches on my holiday too. Lovely. But I had to walk uphill two and a half kilometers holding a child to get oh, there. Oh, Christ. Get, oh, actually, no. It was downhill to get to the secluded beach and then uphill to get up. Uh, that's the, that's so the you, worst. You get, you get back and you're just like the hottest you've ever been in your life and you just have to go get into a car. Instead of jumping into the water. That's the worst. Best holiday ever. Love it. My favorite um, thing about, like, best thing about Australia is that you, like, there are a million empty beaches if you just go a little bit out of a major city. They really are, though. It's insane. Like, I've spent a lot of money and, and uh, you know, nights in, like, Thailand and Vietnam visiting, like, what are mm. apparently some of the most beautiful beaches, and then you have to share it with thousands of other yeah. people. Fuck that. There are... Incredible guys! This is a, we're officially sponsored by uh, this is the official <laughs> Australia tourism. podcast now. This I went to a beach. I went to a beach and saw just like dolphins, just straight up dolphins, like so so close to the shore. No one else was on the beach. It was the best morning of my I life. I saw a, a goddamn echidna. Oh, how cool is that? You're yeah. so faced with nature. Yeah, that's amazing. Anyway, uh, <laughs> this is now a nature podcast. Let's just guys. talk about nature. <laughs> Comics weren't that great this week. Actually, they were. They were some good stuff. Every at the start of every episode, we do a little segment called First Things First. Within that, we review all the new number ones. Uh, sorry for all you continuity freaks uh, that were upset at uh, how different the format of last week's episode <laughs> was. Uh, thanks so much, Javon and Nacho Pop, for uh, doing a fine job of uh, putting the first half hour together. That's pretty fun. And uh, a massive thank you to all of our listeners from our Facebook group, which yeah, is facebook.com slash group slash Serious Issues Podcast, for uh, coming together at short notice and sending us a one-minute minute review of their favorite book of the week it was so cool to put voices to the names that we see comment on our post all the time and it was so cool. nice it's so nice that there's such a like array of people who listen to the podcast as well like it's not just australians there's like yeah english people and irish people and americans and in an episode that was already co-hosted by a guy with a new york accent yeah accent. 
Great stuff. Such a such a multicultural podcast. Guys. This is uh, this podcast is brought to you by the world. <laughs> um, so we're going to dip, dip dive into doesn't dip, but we, we're diving. Um, holidays still in form, <laughs> full effect. Um, into the number ones. This is first things first. Uh, DC put out a bunch of number ones. Marvel put out a bunch of number ones. And there's an IDW number one in there too. Uh, let's do a double coin flip, Sean. Oh my god! Uh, we like to do a little game that people love. It's called Heads for whatever. What is it? Flip a coin for DC. What's it called? I don't <laughs> flip a coin is what it's called. Uh, which is uh, is DC heads or tails, Siobhan? Uh Heads. <laughs> flip a coin. Way too far away. Uh, heads. Cool. So DC it is. DC it is. Um, so the big number one that the DC put out this week, they put out two. Both of them have Atom in the title. Um, we got not even my favorite atom-based characters at DC. What's your favorite atom-based character? I like um, Atom Smasher. Okay, right. <laughs> or the original Atom, who was just a short guy. Right. Couldn't change size, just a short, strong guy. <laughs> JSA. We got Justice League of America: The Atom Rebirth and the Rise, the Fall and Rise of Captain Atom. Uh, let's start. Let's start with the Fall and Rise of Captain Atom. Okay. Shall we? I, was, I would normally start with a positive one, but instead we have to <laughs> review this trick. Um, so they've been putting out these little six uh, issue minis uh, since DC Rebirth started. They're not officially part of the the Rebirth title, uh, but we've got the uh, what's it called, the Death of Hawkman. Yeah. Um, which is currently uh, you know amassing in a pile on a desk at my house. <laughs> um, six issues long and that's what this fall of fall and rise of captain adam is it's written by a creator that i've not read anything from before uh carrie bates and uh alongside greg weissman and art by will conrad um captain adam is a character that i have never read anything from that has stuck with me i know he was on justice league international for a little bit yep i really liked the uh iteration of him that grant morrison put in multiversity yes that incredible issue with frank quietly uh but i do not know anything of this character. Is he kind of like Firestorm and then he can like rearrange elements or is he just like this big nuclear guy? I mean, I feel like I've read more Captain Adam comics than that, but I thought he was just like, could do energy blasts. So right. clearly I'm wrong or I just don't remember. I always like had a bit of affection for the character. I think it's like a cool character design. Um, but this is like a really just like mopey version of the so character morbid, like, yeah, and like yeah. fair enough if you're full of like radioactive energy and you feel like you're going to explode and kill everyone and yourself all the time that sucks um i've read comics with hazmat in them and they're very fun over at marvel oh, yeah 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 it's the totally girl who possible, is literally radi- radioactive and has to wear a hazmat suit all the time yeah um, um so sh- she should be in this absolutely, i wish this was the fall and rise of hazmat <laughs> um this is, I, I just found this very, really, really dull. If you're a fan of the character, I guess you'll be stoked that uh, he, he's getting his own story. Um, I kind of, I kind of, I'm almost interested to see where it goes though. Because I think he's like, is a character with potential and there's fun. And I kind of want to see what the rise is. You know what I mean? Right, sure. But so the, we- I, I don't especially like the art in this. It's a, got a slightly weird photorealistic yes. kind of element to it. Um, and it is like, it is pretty boring and pretty wordy. And it, I'm not sure if it really fits into current continuity because... Uh, yeah, heaps confusing. Hal Jordan is the, uh, is, the, is the Green Lantern of Earth in this book. Well, I think it's set like three years ago. Is it? Yeah, does I think it, that was the vibe. It straight up say three years ago? Because it goes... Uh, am, I, am I an idiot? I thought, I thought it said like 2013 It says like no, December 19, which was like uh. a couple weeks ago. Mm, confusing. <laughs> confusing, guys. Who knows where this exists? 
That's not really important, I guess. Yeah. A story can be told whenever the hell they like it. True. But uh, yeah, I'm not going to be reading issue two of this. I'm going to give it. I'm going to give it another issue just to see if it. It's, I don't know why. So get to the season for giving it. Christmas Absolutely. is over. You can just dump things whenever you like. <laughs> That's what I'm doing. Uh, over to another Adam book, The Adam. That is uh, Rebirth. We are getting a brand new The Adam, and uh, he they've they've basically redone the the. the I mean, has the, has the Adam even showed up it's in New 52? Ray Palmer was in... I think he was. I don't know. We don't know. It's okay. It's fine for us not to know because the majority of New 52 books were fine if you didn't read them. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but Ray Palmer is uh, currently uh, having a somewhat of a resurgence because he's mm-hmm. part of that Leagues of Tomorrow sh- show. Right, right, right. Um, that, that people watch, apparently. And um, uh, Ray Palmer in this book is a... Um, Basically, he hasn't. No one knows that he's the Adam except one of his students. He is a um, uh, Ray Palmer by day is a, uh, a lecturer mm-hmm. at a college, and one of his students is a um, young dude from Hong Kong uh, who is like nervous, has lots of phobias and allergies, um, but really, really wants to succeed at, at science because he thinks it's important to notice the little things. Mm. And uh, Ray Palmer takes a shining to him and ends up recruiting him to kind of be his understudy, not only as a professor, but also as the Adam and kind of monitor. He's, he's like, you know, he's guy in the sky when he's out in missions, helping him in his inner headset. And in case it isn't obvious that um, that man in the sky is Ryan Choi, fan favorite Adam Ryan Choi. Wait, oh wait, so this guy, this guy already exists? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm, Ryan I'm Choi. real thick. I'm real thick. I don't know. <laughs> Ryan Choi was um was the Adam years ago, and then he was killed off in a way that made a lot of people really upset. Right. Um. And so he's back, and it's great news. I love Ryan Choi. Um. I love the Adam in general. I think that's such a fun, like little guys getting. I like I like tiny adventures. You know, like I think it's really fun when they shrink down really small to and start riding around germs and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, totally. Fun. And so I'm I'm I I really like. The building of Ryan, I feel like this is a much more fleshed out version of the character than I've seen yeah, before. Yeah, but to the point where that I, I actually thought he was a completely brand new character. Yeah, they do such a good job at introducing him and making him feel whole and interesting um, and have a life outside of just being, you know, the Atom. Was Ryan Choi one of the Firestorm guys? Is that new? No, he wasn't. Yeah, no, no okay. I don't know who you're of. <laughs> I'm just failing my DC history. <laughs> you know nothing. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I really, I really enjoyed this issue. The um, the art is really, really nice. I can't think of who it's by. Um, it was written by Steve Orlando, when, and I was very, very stoked to uh, read a book that by Steve Orlando that I liked. Yeah, because I love Midnighter, and everything since then I've been disappointed by, from uh, the Ma- Batman and the Monster Man to uh, uh, Super the Super Girl. Um, but I really, really loved everything about this book. Um, art was by Andy McDonald. Mm. Um, and, uh, it has a really nice sort of cartoony, blocky quality, and the colours by John Roach. Roach? However you pronounce that, is really, is really nice. Um, what era is Roy, Cho- Roy, Roy Choi? Ryan. Ryan Choi. What, what era is he? Like, was he the, was he the Adam during? Um, pre-52. Yeah, I I think that. he was killed off pretty pretty much just before the new 52. Right, okay, sure. I can't remember, I can't remember how he died, but I remember people being upset about it. Right. Anyway. Okay, cool. All right. Uh, Glad to see him back. If, Lovely. If, if you want to recommend the quintessential Ryan Choi comic for me to uh, educate myself with, please do. Serious mm-hmm. Issues at kingscomics.com is how you get in touch or facebook.com slash Serious Issues Podcast. Uh, so this uh, Justice League of America, the Adam Rebirth, is not actually the start of a Adam series, unfortunately. Um, it is actually oh. a prelude to the brand new um, JLA Justice League of America. 
Rebirth number one. Right. So we're also getting a comic about the Ray, Vixen, and Killer Frost. Yeah, um, and they're all written by Steve Orlando. We've got um, some pretty decent DC in-houses. We've got um, Mirko Andolfo, Jamal Campbell, and Stephen Byrne on art uh, across these books. Uh, and I mean, Oh, and Jody Hauser is doing um, co-writing on Vixen and Killer Frost. That's great news. Oh, that's awesome. Um, yeah, I mean, Vixen is another character that I've never really read anything that's stuck with me. Yeah, I feel like people have had a hard time writing her, so I'm, I'm keen. I'd love it if they got her right. I don't even know who the Ray is. I mean, me neither. <laughs> sure, he He's should. dangerous, a freak, broken, or is he? <laughs> so uh, we, we'll let you know if he's broken or not a couple of weeks from now when uh, mm. The Ray number one comes out. And then, uh, yeah, Justice League of America number one comes out, I think, next month. Yeah, with uh, all written by... So Steve Orlando hopefully will uh, be as good as this issue in that series. Because mm, it would be good to read a good Justice League book. Totally. Um, the, and, the, and the team, I think it's somewhere in here, one of the ads, it's like Batman... Batman, the Ray, Black Canary, Vixen, Lobo, the Atom, and Killer Frost. That seems Pre- like a that seems like a pretty good lineup. Pretty ragtag bunch of uh, yeah. I don't know what Lobo's going to do. Just just mouth off at Batman all every every issue. I can't wait. Um, cool. Over to, to to Marvel right now. We've got a bunch of number ones. Um, the Unstoppable Wasp uh, is a uh, book that. Uh, I was like, I don't, I don't know who this is going to be for, or mm. if, if it needs to exist. Um, it was written, it was written by Jeremy Whiteley, Whitley, and uh, art by Elsa Charitia, um, two creators who I've not read anything from in the in the past. Um, but uh, this version of the Wasp grew up in a red room, a la uh, Black Widow. Um, she is the uh, daughter of um, Hank Pym, but never, never, never got met to him. meet him. Yeah, um, but uh, so she's basically escaped. Her, her room, similar to Silk did recently, mm-hmm. um, and uh, she's kind of she's spent some time with the original Wasp, Janet Van Dyne, who is a fashion uh, designer, and now has uh, an okay fashion <laughs> sense. <laughs> the only reason he brought this up is because I was like, how come she can dress herself when she just spent her entire life in a like science communist facility. Yep. science facility, and all of a sudden she gets out and she has mad necklaces? I call bullshit. So she's overwhelmingly positive, um, almost an alien. Um, it feels like. like, yeah, she she sort of like her key superpower seems to be much in the sort of squirrel girl way is like just being being mad positive and making people love her. I think I'm too I'm too bitter for this. I'm too bitter for this book. I love the art. I think it's like a beautiful comic, mm-hmm. and I really enjoyed like the themes of it, like the idea that like oh we need to get more like. Uh, women on the genius list or whatever it is and the way yeah, that she talks Yeah, because everyone like, always talks about the genius list like it's, you know, Reed Richards, mm. um, Tony Stark, they're all men. But, yeah. And then uh, up until recently, Moon Girl. Now, like, we, we, there was like the, the first woman on that list was at number 27 and now Moon Girl's on there. And she's and number one. Hell yeah. Is she really number one? Because <laughs> yeah, the whole awesome. thing is like she solved some puzzle that no one else could solve <laughs> left by Reed. I, I don't... I think my main issue with this comic is I don't find Nadia appealing as a character yet like she's her whole she seems to be very like one note just positive just mad positive and unless this comic sees her being like crushed by the weight of the world I find that I find that like very irritating you know like Moon Girl is like a Moon Girl is also like this genius character and I think genius characters are like overused and a bit irritating because it's just this kind of like they're just geniuses. They just didn't work for it. And they're just ultra smart geniuses. Um, but Moon Girl is sort of... 
arrogant and difficult and a bit unpleasant a lot of the time and she knows how smart she is in a way that I find way more compelling and interesting mm, but you know the wasp was kind of trapped in a room for an entire life and now she's not yeah, so, so why, how, how come she's so good with people I don't know she's just happy to be out of that room I would yeah. be happy to be out of the room um, my favourite interaction in this comes uh, between her and Mockingbird that was sweet um, that was really nice and it, and it was it's cool it kind of uh, because she's been trapped in in, a, in the room that she's now very positive to be out of, uh, <laughs> she spent a great deal of time reading about um, scientific discovery, and she she doesn't know um, Bobby Morse as as Mockingbird. She knows her as Barbara, um, Barbara Morse, who who worked with with Hank Pym and had a lot of her own discoveries, and so she looks up to Mockingbird a, a, a lot, and she kind of inspires her. In, I thought it was really cool, like, you know, and Mockingbird actually says, oh, people only remember me as the woman who was married to Hawkeye and hits things with sticks. And <laughs> not the biologist. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I, I really like that aspect of it. I've also, I, I kind of like the dialogue. I get why, I get why, like, her unrelenting positiveness would irk you, but I also read um, the Mark Wade Avengers book that she's a member of the team mm. on. And, and she's very different in that and book. She, yeah, so she's so boring. And I was like, why the hell are they turning this character into her, giving her her own series? But I really, I thought, you know, this iteration, it's fun. It's good. Like, yeah. Look, I think, I think this might be just a case of like, not for me. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't, I didn't connect with the character in that way. And I'm totally, I'm totally going to give it more of a chance because mm. the art is incredible. And like I said, like the themes are fun and it could be going somewhere fun. But so far, I just don't find it, I don't find her compelling. You know, she doesn't seem to have that much up against her in a weird sense. I, I found her better than a lot of other young female characters that we're seeing in Marvel at the moment because she wasn't fucking sassy non-stop. Yeah, yeah, She true. was just positive. And yeah. I guess that was way... I mean, I, I found this book a lot more interesting than um, Hawkeye, which you read issue two of this week. Um, See, I liked Hawkeye more probably. Well, there you Let's go. About it. Well, you didn't even like Hawkeye 1, so... Yeah, I know. That's a little bit of a tease for what's coming up later in this episode. Another argument. <laughs> <laughs> um, another book that Marvel put out this week was the number one for USA Avengers, which is the uh, continuation of uh, the... I guess it's kind of like the story that started in, in John Hickman's Avengers run where um, Roberto da Costa, a.k.a. Bobby, a.k.a. What's his actual superhero name again? Oh, God, I can never remember. It's not Sunspot. Cannonball and... Oh, he is Sunspot. He is Sunspot. He is Sunspot. Yeah, yeah. Um, he basically buys AIM, which was what advanced idea mechanics, and mm-hmm. they... Um, they were like, you know, the, the yellow suited uh, bad guys that every Marvel good guy has to go up against at some point in time. They're always, you know, working alongside massive bad guys and doing nefarious plots. They look like um, beekeepers. Sunspot bought bought the bought AIM and turned it into um, Avengers idea mechanics, mm-hmm. and that's what the new new Avengers run was that happened for the last year, which was written by Al Ewing with art by Peco Medina. Um, and this is the same creative team now, but um, basically that aim has been bought by America, by the government, by S.H.I.E.L.D. So that it's like the American army working alongside S.H.I.E.L.D., working alongside Sunspot, and it's um, American idea mechanics. And this is a pretty tongue-in-cheek uh, look at, uh, you know, America. Um, it's really, really over the top. It's almost like Marvel's version of Team America. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, not that over the top. No, but like... Uh, <laughs> Uh, you have um, Sunspot um, alongside a uh, an army general who, um, for one hour a day, 
can have access to Red Hulk's powers, so he can Hulk out. Uh, Squirrel Girl's on the team. Uh, the daughter of Yin Seng, who is the guy who saved Iron Man's life in the in his origin story, um, has her own like rescue suit of armor, and so she's the Patriot. Um, and then yeah, it, I, I think, and then Cannibals on the team too, and Squirrel Girl. Did I say Squirrel Girl. Yeah. A, yeah. Um, so it's a really it's a very weird lineup of of. Uh, of heroes, and uh, this is a kind of you know by the numbers introducing the characters as they introduce themselves and their ideals to the camera, reality television style. While they also you know take on a big threat that they take down pretty easily. Um, yeah. I I really really enjoyed this. I, I I came to really love the new Avengers run just because it was so insane, and it, like anything goes, you never knew what the, what the next issue was going to throw at you. Um, and this was uh, I, I was actually quite psyched about this series. And uh, it delivered what I wanted to read. Yeah, I mean, I didn't like it as much. <laughs> <laughs> what stopped you from liking it? Um, I really like Paco Medina's art, but I felt like this was such a like tell don't show issue, and I like just the, the talking to camera bit. I found like a little bit annoying. And if you're if you're doing something like introducing everyone and going like the brains, the muscle, and doing that kind of like, I just feel like it was very cliched and not trying to do anything new with it I, I agree with you but also I don't know how else you would introduce this eight person team the best known member of which is Squirrel Girl but I think that there's I think there's better ways to show people who these characters are visually even within that sort of format than just six panels of their faces talking straight to camera because it doesn't show you anything but like they're recording that video know, not for I our know, benefit they're like... recording it for shield's benefit yeah and i get it i i, I you know that th- th- that little nod was enough for me to kind of overlook the the hackiness of it and i don't i don't i mean i always have a problem with hulk characters that take away like the only the interesting part of hulk which is that sometimes he can't control it like the idea of a hulk who's fully in control all the time and can only use it for an hour a day is not super compelling to me yeah but he's just going to be a wacky idiot character i know but like <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I just don't. Uh, I think this this book. Uh, this is like a comedy. Avengers I, yeah, book. yeah. It's a comedy Avengers book, but I think that like Great Lakes Avengers is funnier and more oh, different very and different. Yeah, yeah. interesting. You know, like, and I think, yeah. I'm I'm a big cranky baby, and I don't have that much time <laughs> for patriotism. So I was like, Wah. This is dumb. You've been spending too much time in the very air-conditioned King's Comics back <laughs> office, and it's uh, cooled your heart. You've got an icicle in there. I sure do. Uh, Deadpool the Duck. I bet Siobhan liked this one. <laughs> uh, Definitely ha- my favorite. What happens when uh, Deadpool and, and Howard the Duck get stuck in like a teleportation device and combine? Why? They become Deadpool the Duck. And obviously, Rocket Raccoon is here. A, a rabbit one. He's got rabies. How f- space rabies. He's got space rabies. Uh, written by Stuart Moore and uh, art by Jacopo Camini. Nailed it. Um, definitely did not. Um, but uh, this book is, if you are like already a Deadpool fan and already a like pretty bad iteration of Howard the Duck fan, <laughs> um, you'll love this. Yeah, it is like, I don't think I can add anything to that. It is literally what, exactly what you just said. The only, yeah. Yeah, it's just that. There is there, look. There's <laughs> if enough, that appeals to you. There's enough it. little quirks that I could probably flick through this each issue and kind of enjoy something. I really liked that um, uh, Deadpool's conscience is represented by his spirit animal, which is just the character of Wolverine, yeah. who appears in his in his head and gives him advice. I thought that was really cute. 
and um, there are some funny moments. It does get overused, though. In fact, that, that, that's like every single one of Deadpool's like quirks. You're like, oh, that's pretty funny. It gets overused yeah. within the first issue that it appears in. Um, I hate the idea that every time uh, Howard the Duck shows up, Rocket Raccoon has to as well. Like, I get it. They're both animals. Like, yeah. It's way funnier when Howard the Duck is constantly looking up at all the characters that he's uh, interacting with, not at the same level. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, yeah, so Siobhan's going to read every issue of this. Absolutely. I'm going to skip it. <laughs> um, I don't understand what these two characters being one brings to either character. Yeah. Like, it's just going to be a wisecracking. Like, I think the whole Deadpool thing is just like. Beak, right? Yeah, and it's just like Deadpool's kind of annoying and Howard is easily annoyed, and now Howard is stuck inside Deadpool's brain and not able to control anything. But Deadpool looks exactly like Howard. Mad confusing. Yeah. Don't use teleportation devices, everybody. Guys. This always happens. It always happens. Uh, that is the last Marvel or DC number one. We read one more one, number one this week. And unfortunately, the only other comic I read that wasn't Image, DC or Marvel. Mm. Um, this is a re-release of a, one of my favorite comics of all time. Box Office Poison by Alex Robinson. Uh, they've re-released it through IDW. It originally came out through Top Shelf. Uh, actually, it was self-published first. It was like a zine uh, influenced by 8-Ball. Um, and uh, it's being coloured by Pat and Lewis, and uh, each issue is being re-released in full colour. Uh, I would say the colour is the worst thing about this. Yeah. Um, I don't uh, think it improves. I don't think it improves it at all. No, but I mean I haven't read the original. The but. book is is so so good, um, and this is like, and it's really funny revisiting this issue by issue because I've only read the entire trade in one, so I would um, I don't really know where the where the story starts and begins issue by issue, but. Uh, yeah, I think this is definitely worth picking up, even though the colors aren't great. Um, just this is a really, really great comic, and there's some incredible commentary at the end, like some great little bonus things. If you're already a fan of the season, the series that makes it worth you picking it up. I'm- yeah, and I hadn't, I hadn't read this before, so I really enjoyed. I really enjoyed this as a first issue. It's something like super different that you wouldn't normally get in a single issue format. Um, and I, the thing that I did like about the colors was the fact that it managed to change like the the good difference between the sort of flashback scenes mm-hmm. and the the present day scenes i think that, that kind of maybe made that a little bit clearer um i'm not sure how it read in the original format but yeah, um yeah i enjoyed this yeah um so this is a book about uh, a cartoonist and a would-be writer um but they're both quite young the writer works in a crappy retail job in a bookstore that he hates um and uh he and his cartoonist friend um move into a new place uh, with another cartoonist who is uh, who is dating a, a really, really big guy. And that's all we know so far from the story. This is a really... Box Office Poison is just... It's, it's, it's like relationship comics. Um, I don't want to uh, tar this with the wrong brush by comparing it to, like, everything I liked about Clerks when I first saw it, the Kevin Smith movie. Right, okay. But, like, the relationship side of things, not the smarmy, the, like, smutty... I have so. It's like the one saving grace in the uh, caveat of uh, Kevin Smith movies. I refuse to watch anything Kevin Smith. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, this is, like, it's very of its time. I think it was written in the early 90s. Oh, yeah. It feels heaps 90s. There is an element of, like... Like, the female characters have a bit of that, like, manic pixie dream girl, kind of like, oh, my God, she's a female cartoonist. Oh, my God, she but likes Laurel and Hardy movies. She, the That character that you're talking about actually becomes, like, one of the strongest characters. Yeah, And, cool. and their relationship, the, the in, it's one of my favorite, favorite things I've ever read in a comic. Yeah, um, like, it's it's it wasn't 
so much like that that I was completely turned off. Um, but it, I just feel like it's it's just a bit nineties. You know what I mean? Definitely. But uh, yeah, I mean, in in the commentary, the um, uh, Alex uh, Alex Robinson kind of talks about. Um, things in the, in the, that he, when he first wrote this, like all these dumb plot, because he basically he basically writes it page page by page with a vague idea of what's going to happen in the story. So oh, in, in, a, in an effort to keep himself, you know, one page ahead of the reader. Um, so you you are you will see a few ideas get introduced that he just never um, looks back at. That's fun. Um, yeah, I it's like it's that. really really cool. I, I think this is a really re- rewarding read. Um, mm. So, if you want to add something that's very different to your stack, it's a, you know, essentially it's a relationship and office life comic. Yeah, um, it's totally something. It's something that I feel like I would normally read in like a web comic format. But then it becomes a commentary about the comics industry itself. Oh, cool! Um, and uh, yeah, it's 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 a really really great read. So, uh, highly recommend everyone picking up Box Office Poison, even though the color maybe maybe will get better. I love the color in the cover, but uh, maybe hopefully it'll get better. Mm. It, might, it might be the printing more than anything. Because like when you look at it from a certain angle, the blacks are all weird. I think it's, yeah, I think it's also just like it wasn't intended to be in color in the first place. So there's there's panels yeah. that look a bit funny. Yeah, for sure. Cool. Those are our number ones. It's the end of first things first. So now we move on to oh, we're gonna, get, we're gonna flip that coin again. Um, she lose the coin. I lost the coin. Not here. It is. Hey, Heads right. is what Siobhan? Heads is marble. Okay. Tails. Damn DC it. I want again. To talk about DC again. All right. <laughs> um, so. Um, should we talk about Justice League versus Suicide Squad? Why not? Uh, so this book sucks, but I love it <laughs> because um, it is a big dumb event of like two stupid teams coming together. It's not just two stupid teams; it is three stupid teams. You're right. Which three is too stupid many. Teams. That's too many teams. But like you know, it, it, there's a big threat. Sure, it's the six six issue um, event, but it's coming out weekly, so you know it's already finished. And also, you, you we've seen we've, we're seeing everything that's coming out in in DC over the next few months, and it's not like this is going to affect the entire DC universe like every Marvel event does. I think I've got a little bit of fatigue from knowing that Civil War Two is just finished. We're already into um, uh, Inhumans versus X Men. There's Marvel monster event around the corner, and they just properly announced the massive. Hydra War event yeah. that we're getting next year. So it looks like we're getting four completely separate Marvel events in less than a year. Um, but this is like the closest thing to an event that DC have going um, from the last year. Um, look, since like Forever Evil or Convergence. Convergence. Uh, that, was, that was a long time ago. Yeah. Um, and uh, I like that it's just like, you know, these teams coming together, they're going to fight. The, there's going to be like changes for maybe the Suicide Squad book. But beyond Yeah, it that, seems like I there'll don't... be a new lineup for Suicide Squad and... Uh, it's obviously going to lead into the Justice League of America comics. That's sure. Lobo and Batman. In but it. it's not like, you know, there's no tie-ins, um, really. Except for Justice League. Except for the tie-in that we're about to review. <laughs> but um, look, I, I know it's like, it's pretty garbage, um, you know, by the numbers. Uh, actually, no, there's a little bit of cool backstory that was filled. Actually, you know, I, I, I enjoyed the tie-in comic more than the main event this week. And I'm remembering moments from that. And, yeah. Uh, it, uh, but yeah, basically, Maxwell Lord... Um, has uncovered the original Suicide Squad, which is a, a, a collection of uh, mostly unknown, uh, huge level uh, DC universe villains um, who are who are major threats. And uh, Maxwell Lord is controlling them, and they're going to steal something that can help him control the world. And it's up to the Suicide Squad and Justice League, who are no longer versing each other, to team up and take him down and his crazy team. Yeah, I think I think my key. My key issue with this is, um, A, this is like, 
like the Justice League have no personality. Like none of the characters have anything that I think makes them distinctively like themselves. Um, and there's just like there are these panels with like twenty characters in them, and none of them have any like any personality in a way that I find irritating. I doubt that this is what it, what was intended, but maybe you could view it as like to the villains who are still their bright, bold, wise-cracking selves. All the superheroes look the same and sound the same to them. (laughs) (laughs) That's a very generous reading. (laughs) Um, I think also, like, I don't know. I think that the... Like, I had this sort of conversation with um, King's manager, Jim. Everyone's favourite. Everyone knows Jim. Everyone's favourite, Kamajan Jim. Um, Because I feel like the the thing that made Maxwell Lord great was that he was around for years before you realised he was a bad guy. And it was shocking when, you know, he turned and... Then Wonder Woman killed him, and that was like yeah, but they can't just mind blowing. I know, no, I know that, I know that. But I just feel like as a character, now he's just like <coughs> average white evil dude who gets nose nosebleeds a lot. Yeah, that's his power. He's you know? he's his nosebleeds. Um, yeah, like this is this is fine. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Like I, I, for me, I, I think this is a like just a, a dumb, dumb superhero big big event comic that. I'm fine with. Yeah. I, I can just read it and then not care about the ramifications that the rest of the universe is going to. Yeah, totally. I think <laughs> the funniest bit was when they were like introducing who the like really evil Suicide Squad are, and they talk about Rustum, who's not a character that I've ever heard of. Um, and then Amanda Waller goes like, "Oh, he's the best swordsman in the world," and it cuts to Katana looking like, <laughs> "I'm the best swordsman in the world." Um, so tie-in this week was um. Justice League number 12. Um, Justice League is maybe one of, probably the worst Rebirth comic um, when it's normally being uh, written by, um, what's his name? Uh, who he, knows? You know, the guy who is, is, a, is a drawer. He, he drew the Ultimates with Mark Miller. You know, we've, we've talked about this. Finch? No. I don't know. <laughs> um, so this tie-in was written by, tell him who it's written. And, and it's written by, by Tim Seeley, so that's great. With art by... <laughs> poorly organized. Doing real good on this review. Um, um, Christian, Christian Deuce or Duce? Who knows? Right. I like him though. Whoever, whoever Christian is, I like the art on this a lot. So Justice League is uh, normally it, when it started, the rebirth issue was drawn by Tony S. Daniel, uh, but uh, it, it was written by Brian Hitch. Oh, there you go, Hitch. Similar to Finch. Hitch, yeah. Finch. I Come get on. That. I was I get, close. Yeah, I was Hinch. close. Hinch. Hinch. They have a similar vibe as well, I feel like, um, artistically. So, because it's a tie-in to Justice League and Suicide Squad, I don't even know if they've, like, ended whatever story they were trying to tell with that garbage book that they were writing. But um, they put on hiatus or something. And uh, we get this tie-in to um, Justice League versus Suicide Squad. And it's all about Maxwell Lord and um, his interactions with Amanda Waller. It goes right back in time to the death of uh, Maxwell Lord's father and um, how he was raised by his mother how he was able to kind of what what inspires him to to do what he does, and uh, we kind of see him at different point, parts throughout his life, key moments, if you will. And there were some great moments of um, sort of character development for Amanda Waller here as well. Like there's a bit where Maxwell Lord sort of puts his hand on Amanda's arm, and she just straight up socks him in the face. Yeah, because you do not touch Amanda. Don't Waller. touch the wall. Absolutely, um, and also interesting because this con- book confirms the at least prior existence of Checkmate. Yes. Um, in the D- the current DCU, which, like, Checkmate by Greg Rucker is one of my, like, 
all-time favorite DC comics and I think massively underrated and you should all go and read it. The the volumes of it are on sale at King's Comics right now. On sale, come in sale. store. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what very, else very is on good. sale? Some of them Maybe we should remove from, the, remove from the shelf. Uh, that guy that was just... Uh, uh, Gerard Jones. Oh gosh, really? I, I walked in today and there was like a the, the first one that I saw on the sales rack. I was like, that looks like a gross comic, and then it's, he did the art on it. Oh, that's a worry. <laughs> um, so buy that one for cheap. Um, <laughs> so that's Justice League versus Suicide Squad. Um, not bad. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, Superman number fourteen. Uh, a dramatic departure from what we're used to from this book. Uh, this one is all is called Multiplicity, the new arc, and uh, it is all about the multiverse. Uh, on the cover, we see multiple iterations of Superman. Oh, and such a good cover. Yeah. God, I love this cover. Um, we see like uh, a female Superman, Bizarro, the Russian Superman, Black Afro Superman. Good fun. Um, but this book is uh, feels a lot more like a classic DC, um, mm. like the beginnings of, a, of an event or something like that. But it is just contained in the Super Superman universe. Um I really enjoyed it, even though it was not the uh, family values that I normally get from uh, from the Superman series. Um, Superman discovers a half-beaten-to-death Russian Superman trapped from another dimension, um, another another Earth, and then uh, being chased by these uh, random aliens. And uh, then uh, they're, they're, they're trying to fight these aliens, and who should show up by... Um, the Superman of the Earth, where he is the president. So, President Superman, let's call him that. Yay. Um, he's a great character um, that I... That Grant Morrison has written lots of great stuff mm-hmm. uh, featuring him. He's a him. Superman of Earth 23, if that there helps anyone. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, basically, um, this this alien race is tracking down Superman's, Superman across the multiverse and destroying them. And it's up to Superman and President Superman to team up with superheroes from multiple different Earths. What do they call themselves? Something goofy and fun. Um, oh, I don't know. But it's got Mary Marvel in it, who I yep. love. A female, like, lady... Well, Aquaman. A female Woman. lady. A female lady version of Aquaman. Oh, yeah. Um, Red lady. Racer, so that's just like the Flash. A Greenland of Earth 20 who has like little devil horns. Just like that's such a fun, that is such a fun lineup for a team already. I'm super on board. Totally. Um, and uh, there's, you know, even uh, there's Captain Carrots in this. Mm-hmm. There's, uh, there's lots of great, great kind of references to the big multi multiverse events that DC have done better than anyone really yeah absolutely um, and we see like the where the aliens are storing all of the the superman so you get like a fun little peek at like the superman of earth 47 and 23 and all that kind of stuff which and is also um uh keenan kong the uh the new superman of china mm-hmm. um he's in this too which and it was cool to see them finally cross over yeah totally um so yeah I, I really enjoyed this story again it's just a very quality superman run that hasn't hasn't dipped since rebirth started yeah, um, heaps fun. Even though every 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 story is drastically different. I think that my only I think that the book because it's not it's not Patrick Gleason on art. It's um, Ivan Race taking over yep. on layouts with finishes by Joe Prado, and I think the book does suffer for that. Sure. I think it would be like the cover is so strong, and imagine this book drawn also by Patrick Gleason would be like mind blowing. But best. hopefully, I hope he sort of I hope he then. Because I know it's like it's a double shipping book, so it's hard to stay on top of that. Um, but it would be cool. It would be cool to see some of the issues also drawn by Patrick Gleason. Yep, for sure. Um, cool. Uh, on to Batman issue fourteen, Rooftops Part One uh, of a story about Catwoman's last night free in Gotham with Batman before she gets sent to Blackgate. Um, jail. Also known as just do it already. <laughs> but when they do it, they do it on diamonds. <laughs> 
um, which would hurt a lot. Oh, it'd be painful. Um, this was uh, written by Tom King and art by Mitch Gerrards, who is his collaborator on Sheriff of Babylon. So it looks beautiful. It looks this fantastic. Is a beautiful Especially, issue. I love his backgrounds. I love his night sky. I love yeah. his his buildings and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I'm not crazy about some of his facial work in this. I think is not his strong point, but I mean that's a tiny. Like, I'm, just, I'm just looking looking yeah, for things yeah, to yeah. not like, you know. Um, basically, this is them jumping from rooftop to rooftop and taking out a uh, a, a plethora of um, of like no-name Batman bad guys from uh, Condiment King <laughs> to Ten-Eyed Man uh, to the return of Kite Man again too. Um, and uh, I think I think Catwoman might, might double-cross Batman kind of in the next issue. What do you reckon? Oh, really? He's going to wake up after, after, their, after their passionate night of diamond, diamond, di- doing diamond it. lovemaking <laughs> um, and she's going to be gone skis. Could be. Absolutely could be. I like that she sort of forced him to – Help her out in a heist to steal from herself. Yes. That's pretty fun. Totally. That was, like, that was a cool little a cool little thing. And she gives like you know she um, steals a cat which is full of all the diamonds, which is everything that she's managed to steal over her career. And she gives it to him to to make another orphanage or whatever it is that yeah. you do. Look, I, I don't, um, I don't think seems like a-, a very silly way to spend your money. I think there's better. I think there's <laughs> better foundations that you can give it to. Uh, I don't think she's actually going to go to jail because on the front cover of uh, issue 16, which is two away from the one we've just read, of Batman, uh, she's on the front cover. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. She ain't well, going nowhere. It's obvious, like, I mean, it's clear that she didn't actually do those murders and that she's taking the rap for someone or something. Right. Um, so I'm keen to see where this goes. And I like, I really like the way Tom King writes Catwoman. I think this is like... Yeah, a, me too. This is a compelling, interesting version of the character. Um, and I liked it. She doesn't, I like me- this she doesn't meow or purr enough, though. I'm okay with that. <laughs> I think that gets old. <laughs> Real quick. Um, no rolled R's. I don't know. Um, mm. The Flintstones this week, issue seven. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 
luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Uh, another filling artist uh, filling in for um, Steve Pugh. And if this doesn't, like, tell, like... This is still this is still a good issue, but this is such a like if anyone's ever like, oh, the writer does all of the writing and the the artist just like follows a script. This is such a comic to show you that like the the artist writes just as much as Yeah, th- th- this, as is the a, this is a great issue but without the magic that Steve Pugh brings. Exactly. Uh, very like absolutely, you know, um like fine art by um Rick Leonardi. Yes. Yeah, like definitely not trying to um rag on his work, but it, it misses that sort of uh texture and background gags and um, just sort of expression and life that Steve Pugh brings to it. Well, it's, it's this and is storytelling. This, this is less a, um, it doesn't look like cartooning. It's more like, you know, like, like it looks like comic book. Uh, th- th- this guy would be better off on a, on a superhero comic than he would on a comedy, comedy book. Yeah, probably. Yeah. But this is a fun one about um, the church of Gerald, which I always enjoy. I enjoy the sort of, hot takes on religion that they do and uh, organized religion, I suppose yep. um, in, um, in this Flintstones comic. I think it's heaps fun. Always so many, so many takes on consumerism and capitalism and things like that. I yeah. And I love like Fred Flintstone. It's just the, the moral compass of this world. Yeah. And he's, he's, the, he's like the one good guy in this horrible, horrible exploration of civilization. Um, I like that the great gazoo, who is the uh, the alien that's mm-hmm. been sent to protect Earth? Only protects Earth and Earthlings from uh, aliens and not from like you know Each themselves. Other. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that was fun. Uh, yeah, this is a great series. We say it every time we review it, but uh, it's just this was just adding to the pile of goodness that's come from this series so far. Absolutely, but bring back CPU. I mean, give him a give him a break too. I like no, it. never <laughs> work him to the bone. Okay, all right, all right, mate. Next issue of this is going to be called Love, Death, and Agriculture. Oh, great, appealing. Um, these aren't strictly DC books, but uh, DC published them. Young Animal this week put out Shade the Changing Girl number four. Um, uh, maybe the kind of least happy. Basically, in this, uh, the, the alien who has possessed a um, previously horrible girl that just woke up from a coma, but the alien is going mad as she tries to take over her body, um, decides to go and apologize to everyone in this girl's life because um, it makes her feel good. Uh, it's so sweet. Like, yeah. I love that. Like, because it was done in such a non-saccharine, sentimental way. It was just like a. she realizes that if she apologizes to these people in a way that's genuine, it genuinely makes her feel better. And I thought that that was just, like, really sweetly done, really clever. Still manages to be funny in parts. Like, she apologizes by giving them weird little gifts, like a rock that she found in her garden and things like that. And she learns about apologizing through watching what I think is supposed to be, like, I Love Lucy Right, <laughs> and like, um, old black and white TV shows and things like that. I yeah, I love this. I really love this comic. I think it's yeah, it's it does such a good job of um, sort of encapsulating the teenage female experience as well as being like this insane, trippy, mind bending space adventure, which I think DC um, has space for. You know, totally. And meanwhile. Um while she's trying to like you know make sense of her human form on her on the planet that she originated from, bad shit's going down to everyone that she knew back there. Yeah, as, as they try and track down the coat that uh 
that allowed her to travel to this planet to begin with. Yeah, it's no bueno. And I love this because I gave you know I gave um, the first issue of this to my to my teenage sister, and she connected with it so strongly in a way that um, was really pleasing to me. Awesome. Which comic nice. did she not not connect with? You gave it two, right? Faith. Faith. Faith issue one. She didn't she didn't quite like that as much. And she was like it was really cute because she was like, I wanted to get it because you know, you never see like a body positive thing and like yeah, yeah, all that totally. kind of stuff. But she she just connected with this one a bit more. There was also a great backup story. I love all the backup stories in the young animal. Yeah, it's totally. So great. This was um about Element Girl who's like um who's the uh, like the female version of Metamorpho? Right. Is that his name? Um it's such like a really sad sad story about her trying to build a build a normal life written by Magdalene Visaggio with art and color beautiful art and colors by Paulina Gant Ganushal beautiful really lovely Yeah, I love the young animal books I I wonder how these collections are going to look are they going to try and collect all these weird little backups at some point I hope so because there's some great stuff Yeah. yeah absolutely um, finally from DC. Oh, I also read huh. Nightwing. You didn't read Nightwing. Nope. Um, this is uh, written by Tim Seeley with art by Marcus Toe. Um, just continuing on the Nightwing in Bloodhaven um, story arc. Just him trying to rehabilitate a bunch of um, ex-crims, trying to figure out why people are hunting them down with some like just solid, cool kind of... Um, like gangster kind of stuff. I feel like that's what Nightwing's really good at, like corrupt politicians, sure. et cetera. Um, I think that like, I was sort of like, oh, you're going to have to do more than just send him back to Bloodhaven for me to like Nightwing again. But I'm really, I'm really sold on this series now. <laughs> it's really good fun. I love the inclusion of Orca. I love that she doesn't have big weird titties anymore. Um, <laughs> it's heaps fun. Orca is really a very, great. a very funny um, Batman villain. I actually think that, I think that I saw the, the Lego, Lego Batman movie. Oh advertising. yeah. I think she's in it. I think, I think Orca might be in the Lego Batman movie. That's pretty funny. That's bonkers. That's too much. <laughs> um, yeah. I need to catch up on Nightwing. Yeah, it's really good. Okay. Enjoying cool. it. Marcus Toe is really, really good. I love the slightly like... I like that he makes Nightwing like a bit pretty. Everyone should. Because he is. He is. Uh, I read Unfollow, niche issue number 15, written by uh, Rob Williams, art by Mike Dowling. Uh, this is the uh, Vertigo book. It's all about the uh, 140 people that inherit... A billionaire's millions, or billionaire's billions. Um, it's distributed equally among them, the 140 people. But if each, if any of them die, the the money gets redistributed. So with every dead member of this group, you get more money. Uh, so obviously, it turns into a horrific murdering spree. And uh, this book ends with 40 people left. Um, <laughs> it jumps a year forward uh, from since the last uh, issue, and. Uh, I don't think there's many issues of this book left. I believe it might be like maybe five or six more issues left. Um, I kind of saw this as a book that could potentially last like a full 60-issue run. Mm. So part of me is a bit bummed that they've sped so far forward. But um, the story that they're telling now, um, it looks like it's going to be a pretty com- compelling finale. So. Yeah, and I, I kind of – I think it's cool to have like an endpoint insight and to not just be sort of powering ahead trying to get to – a certain number of issues and I'm really keen because the second trade of that um, this series is out next week so I'm keen to catch up because it's a much more compelling like I thought I really rolled my eyes when I heard the like the premise, the premise cause I was like no, oh, 140 characters it's Twitter like, oh yeah, so exactly. dumb um, but it's actually like really very very good very very good oh it's great and uh, the story is it feels like a classic Vertigo book to me absolutely um, so those are the DC reviews let's move over to Marvel right now and uh, should we talk about Unworthy Thor? No, wait. No, we're not. Can we talk about my favorite book of the week? Yes. Nova, issue number two. 
Um, Who would have thought that Nova would be everyone's favorite comic? But it's and so it, great. It was when it was Richard Ryder during the um, incredible Abnett and Lanning uh, run. I loved that Nova run. I loved that Guardians run. I loved the Annihilation stuff and the Thanos Imperative stuff. Um, so I, of all the dead superheroes from the last 10 years, Richard Ryder's... Uh, missing like the fact that he was missing felt was it was a bummer to me so he returns to this book but he's also sharing the mantle of nova with sam alexander who is the uh the young young nova that we've been seeing in the marvel universe for the last few years since jeff Loeb introduced him um this iteration of nova is written by jeff loveness and ramon perez and perez does oh, art as well Ramon perez is so so great on this everything so good at about teams. this issue was just like what i want to read in, in comics like, absolutely I, uh, I I love the coming together of old and new. I mm-hmm. love when you know you, you you bring a legacy character back to this Absolutely. very like you know progressive Marvel landscape, but it's seamless. And you kind of there's a lot of meta references in this that can normally be a bit gross, but they really they're just funny. Yeah, absolutely. Um, like Richard Ryder catches up on what the current state of the world is like and finds uh, out, you know, how many different versions of all of his once were friend, like superhero friends, and is like kind of baffled by who's dead and who's alive, yeah, and like who's a girl and who's yeah. <laughs> the panel that got quoted by pretty much every single um, staff member at Kings is when um, he's introduced to the young Cyclops and young Cyclops goes, "Hi, my adult self went crazy and died." I'm st- I'm from the past and stuck in this time. And Richard Ryder goes, I hate everything about that sentence. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it starts off with um, him kind of getting up to sk- into speed. Up to speed, he kind of meets um, uh, Nova's friends in uh, in the Champions. Champions. Uh, we're reviewing that latest issue next, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, and, and that's quite handled quite humorously. But then as he kind of finds out that that people are still fighting, that Civil War Two just happened. And he no brings, one remembers Annihilation. No one remembers that the fact that, that Richard Ryder died trying to stop Thanos. Mm. Um, and he did. In his mind, he did stop Thanos. But Thanos is back killing people and no one even knows that he's done that. Mm. And you can take that as like, that's a really beautiful way to kind of talk about, you know, these poor superheroes that we read every week to week, that their work is never done and no one ever really gives it the uh, the the respect that deserves because there's always another threat around the corner, mm. or you can be really uh, negative like me, and you can view that on uh, the writer saying Andy <laughs> Abnett and Lanning's uh, run was so brilliant, and Bendis pissed all over it with his <laughs> Guardians run, and uh, that's what I, that's how I choose to uh, interpret that <laughs> that piece of information. Um, other good things about this, like I really, I know I've already said it, but Ramon Perez is really, really killing it on this book. He gets to be so creative and all of his work is so dynamic and so full of movement. Um, and the backgrounds have that fun kind of, I never, I can never remember what it's called, but like the dots. Bende dots? Yeah. Um, which I really like. Also, Cosmo's in it. Everyone's favorite. Russian dog. Russian. Cosmonaut dog. Talking psych- psychic. Like, yep. Dog. So you've not you've not read any of Admiral Lanning's stuff, but you like Cosmo. How I've read some of it. Right. I tried reading the Guardian stuff, and it was a bit dense. I want to read Annihilation. Yeah, you got to start with Annihilation, and then do Annihilation Conquest, and and then yeah, because they didn't actually write Admiral uh, Lanning didn't write Annihilation. Right. Okay. It was, the, the original was written by Giffen, I think. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Um, but uh, all that is so good. That, that if you are looking for a, a, a fantastic month of uh, a cosmic books, you should read. The, start at Annihilation and, and go all the way to the Thanos Imperative, I think it ends. But you could definitely read this and understand the impact of those events without having read them. Oh, yeah. I'm just saying you should also read those events because they're really good. Chiffon. Uh, yes. We all <laughs> don't have maximum time. <laughs> um, yeah. I thought this is a terrific issue. 
and you know I just uh, probably rapidly become my favorite series that Marvel putting out in yeah. two issues just because it's everything I want in a comic and it's so there's good there's an like, old guy there's a young guy yeah Capiche? teens <laughs> and he has to deal with puberty and liking girls and getting to school on time and also being a superhero and helping his mom it's adorable yeah and then there's a grizzled old guy who wishes things were the way they used to be it's me <laughs> <laughs> yeah Nova is absolutely a series you should be reading Go, go, I'm sure number one and number two are still in stock at your comic book store. Go get it because this should be one of Marvel's bestsellers. Absolutely. That is my plea to you this week. Champions number four. Four. Issue four. Written oh, by Mark Wade with uh, Humberto Ramos on art. Uh, we did this not like <laughs> the last issue. This issue was a marked improvement, I thought. Absolutely. But it is another issue of the champions, just like a team of all American characters just blatantly ignoring like lines international of, protocol yeah international yeah. protocol so they basically like invade Atlantis and then are like oh shit they're gonna take us to court for that and so they escape ridiculous yeah. ridiculous guys but this felt a lot more like a um, you know a teen a teen superhero book that I would have read a decade or, or older ago yeah absolutely and this one was much like made me feel much less uncomfortable yeah because you, there is no such thing as an Atlantis stereotype <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I, again, this is a book that I just kind of read. This is just kind of like like fairy floss to me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's not like it's not a hard read. You get through it pretty quickly. Everyone's pretty sassy. I liked the sort of. Um, I think there's that funny thing of everyone trying to figure out who the leader of the team is all the time. Yeah, um, totally. So and that's and like a fun. And that's little... great. That's a great. That's that's teen superhero book one hundred and one. Absolutely. Love that stuff. Yeah. So yeah, this this ticks a lot of boxes. I think that um, Humberto Ramos is still it's still so good. I love Ramos. It's crazy though that this this book kind of cements that that, that Tom King's Vision book was like you know everyone that's just part of Marvel universe now. I kind mm. of I kind of was viewed that as its own thing. But uh, Viv Vision references that her brother. That her family bad things happen to them. Not going to spoil the vision, yeah, but yeah, um, uh, yeah that. Uh, she she straight up references what happened in that book and um uh that that was surprising mm. um, so yeah I was all set to be like you know what this book's great and then I saw what's happening next issue Gwenpool's joining the team everybody mm. yes so mm. uh, mm. R.I.P. our reviews of this book <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mark Wade also wrote issue three of uh, the Avengers this week with art by Mike Del Mondo Mike Del Mondo is still the best thing about this book but yes none. just read it and just look at the pictures. That's what art, I reckon. The art is so, so good. And I, I hope that now that he's done this big money project, he's able to do something more personal. I but love like, Weird World so much because it, 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 it kind of matched his art so much. But, but I think I think the Avengers totally could match his art more if oh, no, they just, just did more like written. Kirby-esque space adventures. That's what I want from the Avengers. You, you know? kind of do get that in this yeah, book. Totally. I just don't think it's that good of a story. Agreed. And, and, and this version this of the Wasp is so dull. Yeah, she's like so like by the numbers, like follow the rules of the team play. I don't know, but I liked her more than I did her solo. Book. Really, you hate positivity. I really do. Icicle heart Coombs. Thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. Again, event. I just read it. I don't. I have no emotion towards this book. I just <laughs> read it because it, like I can. Yeah, there's like there's zero character development. It's weird because I, I. It's weird that the vision is just now a part of these teams again, following on from Tom King's The Vision. Yeah. Like, that's a sort of complicated, complicated thing. Um, I'm, st- I'm still going to read the next issues because now it's like another Kang, <laughs> another Kang war, yeah. which is weird. And it looks like Spider-Man's joining the team. No, he's already been on this. Oh, team. is he? Oh, yeah, he is. Sorry. He was sassy throughout this whole issue. <laughs> God, it barely paid attention. The art's so good, guys. 
Um, so do you know that um, Wade's Black Widow run with Chris Sumney only has like three issues left? Yeah, I know. Isn't that disappointing? What are they going to do next? Are just, he's just going to do Avengers books? Or? I don't know. What's Sumney going to do? I mean, Sumney, More important. He needs a holiday. He needs to go find some secluded beaches in Australia. Yes. And we can recommend you tons. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, 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 I wonder what Wade's doing next more than what Sumney's doing. Because you know yeah. Sumney will just be great wherever. But yeah, is Wade going to do the project that's, that's as good as Daredevil or Black Widow? Or is he just going to do these books that aren't, aren't as good as that? Who knows? Who knows what he's going to do? Hawkeye, number two. Kelly Thompson, Leonardo Romero, and Jordi Belair on colors too. Uh, a dream team, if you will. I love Jordi Belair. Uh, so this uh, continues the kind of like below street level crimes that mm. uh, that this iteration of Hawkeye, um, Kate Bishop, is uh, is doing. Uh, she's kind of looking after, like trying to find uh, a teen harasser um, and un- uncovers something more sinister than that. Um, like a, a almost like a collective of people with potential mind control abilities who cause young boys to do bad things to girls, and they're very much like anonymous, reminiscent because it's all sort of online Masks. harassment, yeah, based. Um, I love the art. I love the art, and I found this. I think this issue was way better than the first one in terms of Kate being too quippy. Like she's still sassy, and they're still like. There's an element of kind of, I feel like, female wish fulfillment in this book because everywhere she goes, cute boys fall in love with her, which is kind of like yeah, I've, I annoying, just... but also kind of satisfying to read as a girl. So I, I, because I loved her, her in, um, in Fractions, Hawkeye runs so much. Like I, came, yeah. I actually found myself enjoying the stories about her more than the stories about him. Um, Especially the Madame Mask stuff. Absolutely. Was so, so great. And she just seemed like really capable, especially when you compared to how much of a fuck up um, Clint was. Yeah. And this is a much more like rough and ready sort of fuck up version of Kate than we're yeah. used to. And I, and I kind of saw her annoying sassiness as like a, like a, her kind of like to trick, tricking herself into everyone, everything being okay in the last issue because yeah. she's becoming a bit of a fuck up like Clint Barton is. But. I just I don't, I don't I think this is so far from what I read in the Fraction Run as a character. I don't think it it it, feels, it doesn't feel like I'm reading the same character. Yeah, and that like that's a really tough comparison because that was such a like totally genius character changing book for both Hawkeyes, you know. Yeah, and I sort of like I like this. I like how small the crimes are. I like that she's not going up against like massive galaxy changing things. She's just like a small-time private investigator who doesn't actually have a license or anything like that. Was she, the, was she this sloppy? Like, that's not even... That's not a character trait. Like, if, you, if you're if you just a sloppy superhero, it was she, I remember she being, like, you know, pretty capable and stealthy in the uh, Fraction run. She's still st- No, she's stealthy. not stealthy. <laughs> I sort of like that she's just like, kind of trying to get shit done and she's a bit headstrong, so she's maybe not... On top of all of the checks and balances that she should be, you she, know? She I, enters every room she enters with an insult. <laughs> I don't know if that's the best way to go Maybe that's why I identify with her more. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I like, I, I, I like the story of this. Like, beyond the character stuff, and that's maybe a little bit weak and could be tightened up a little bit. But I like that she's, I like that she's flawed. It would be, she, it, she was good in comparison to um, Clint Barton because he was such a fuck up. But sure. on her own, I think it's okay for her to be a bit more, you know, not as not as because she she doesn't have to look after anyone. In this. She right. just has to look after herself, at which least, can be at least harder, she didn't kill the Hulk. Job. At least she didn't kill the Hulk. Am I right? Um, and I think that like the actual story of this is pretty compelling. And I think that like 
maybe my problem so far with like the 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 wasp book is that it was very character focused but i like nothing happened in the issue you know like there's no narrative thrust and i like this more because stuff like it just kind of hits the ground running and stuff is happening sure yeah i, I still really enjoy the book yeah and the art is so so good i just i'm not sure on the character of hawkeye yeah that's fair that's fair but i'm i'm willing to give um give kelly thompson a, I like a more of a writer, for sure. chance to flesh her out oh the next two books are really good ones yay um moon knight number 10 written by jeff lemire with art by greg smallwood doing i think the best work he's done on the series so far really really brilliant um and just the fucking balls in this book we are now seeing young um young mark young young mark specter create his multiple personalities when he's a child a bored child yeah and i just thought that was so cool and i never thought i would see that i don't know if that's been done in a moon knight book before Uh, yeah i don't know but this this book manages to be like a huge a huge adventure and also get you right in the feelings in sort of really emotional heartfelt ways that make you uncomfortable because you don't like the the best thing about this book is you genuinely genuinely at no point know what is real and what is going on well, no, we, are, we are 10 issues in and we are still stuck in his head yeah yeah totally brilliant um and greg smallwood is so good and the colors by Jordi blair again are like totally totally brilliant i loved this the bit where he sort of where he invents Stephen is like heartbreaking. Uh, yeah, heartbreaking and pretty mind blowing. And, and his the, parents trying to like you know uh, fix him. And yeah, the, and that's what sends him into the 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 uh, the hospital that we that they were introduced him to him to introduced, mm. introduced to him in in, uh, in the first issue of this series. Yeah, this so is brilliant, fantastic. Just a, like like unbelievable comics. Yeah, really uh, really great. And I didn't know I didn't know he was Jewish. Yeah, neither. Great. Really great. And, great addition. Uh, some great little dynamic panel work in that you have to actually flip it on his head. Reminds me of that awesome fun. Ep- issue of uh, Batman where he was stuck in a labyrinth that Scott Snyder and um, Capullo did. I love I that love everyone that has like a favorite upside down issue. <laughs> Nate always refers to it as the Trillium thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, Trillium wasn't really upside down though. Like one comic was one, one the other comic was the other. Like one half was... Yeah, but it, used, it, it did that in an interesting way and was also by Jeff Lemire. Sure, yeah. Trilli- for at least that one issue. Trillium's <laughs> Law of Comic Book Physics. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is this is another one of the best books that Marvel putting out. Absolutely, and it has that um, it has that great vision thing where like this is not this is not connected to the rest of the Marvel universe, and I think that you can say like most of the really brilliant comics that Marvel are putting out are not connected to mainstream Marvel continuity because like- that is a Mindfuck, yeah. guys. Just like Thor. Yay! And we read the uh, the unworthy Thor um, this week, written by uh, Jason Aaron. We got it. We got a damaged copy, and um, Talia <laughs> cut out all of the pictures of um, shirtless Thor and stuck them up in the girls' bathroom. <laughs> it's now the sexiest bathroom. <laughs> so the art by this one is by Kim Jacinto with Olivia Coipel, um, and. Uh, it uh, kind of, I guess it's this isn't this isn't the uh, nonstop action fest that I was expecting. It's very much delving into the mind of the Odinson, mm-hmm. and uh, what what we still don't know what made him unworthy, but he's kind of accepting that, and he may he may be unworthy, but that does not mean he is not a god. And Absolutely. I really like you know him coming to terms with who he is right now. I think it's really really strong stuff. He's not defined by the fact that he can wield the hammer. Mm. He's so much more than that. I think that I actually think that like that's so interesting, even. I, I still read comments. I still read comments in the group that we have on serious issues of people that are still so upset that Thor is a woman now. 
Like, really? it is such a good story. I don't understand how you could possibly, like, still think that was a terrible idea. Like, an, is it you know, just because she's a woman? I would like, it, like, it is. No, no, because some men see it as an attack on them that their, their beloved characters aren't men anymore. It but, is. Yeah. It is a genuine attack on you. <laughs> You've had um, it too good for too long and I'm coming for all your shit. But I don't see, like, even if you were, if you thought that way and you read this, I think this, like, this would just undo, even if you if you have not read how fantastic the James Thor, um, Thor stuff is, reading this and you see what Thor without, like, this unworthy Thor without the hammer and, like, the journey that he makes on his own, I think that is so compelling and yeah, so cool. Yeah, it's like, so much yeah, more yeah. interesting than if it was just... Thor is Thor forever. Like, like this how is about thee. Yeah, I say is, thee nay again. It like, can't just be Walt Simonson's Thor forever, <laughs> fellas. Um, this is like, like this is such a compelling version of the character and development for him. Like, ugh, I think you're, I think you're a fool if you're not reading all of Jason Aaron's Thor books, but also just all of Jason Aaron's books. He's the best. Yeah, he's the best. He really is so great. And like, you know, if you've been reading this Thor book from the beginning, you'll know that Gore who was in the uh, first issue one of Thor, God of Thunder, when, when Jason Aaron took over the Thor books, he's back in this, he's now back in this book again, and, and he might play a big role in, the fa- in, in why Thor is now unworthy. Yeah. Wait, um, who's Gore? Gore is, Where did I miss you, this? we can see him in little flashbacks. He's that weird, like, <clears throat> bald ogre dude. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I love, like, the, the um, Thorry, the hellhound, who's now joined, joined the team, who's like a sassy. Sassy dog, great. Who was in, who was in Kieran Gillen's um, journey into mystery run? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Jason Aaron has such fun writing characters like that. Like, totally, and such a such a good addition to the weird team of Odin son, Beta Ray Bill, the the was it Tooth big Nasher goat. or something? Yeah, yeah, Tooth Nasher and now <laughs> Thori. Amazing. And I love the the, the collectors in it. Like everything, yeah. this is going to be like like a classic miniseries. Yeah, this is like pure fun space Thor. Um, and I love it. Yeah, I hate that he's got a shirt on at the end. That's a <laughs> what terrible you, what addition do you think to the about character. His short hair, though, he looks kind of like Steve Trevor. He does a bit, doesn't he? Very yeah. Steve Trevor. I, I'm a bit. I up- like sadder Thor better. <laughs> I like long hair Thor. I, I like I, yeah. I like depressed shirtless long hair Thor. He's <laughs> like I hate myself. Very specific. <laughs> That's my favorite version of a character. Uh, those are all the Marvel books I read. It looks like you read a couple more than me, Siobhan. Yep, I also read uh, Scarlet Witch issue fourteen by. James Robinson, and this has art by Sean Crystal. This is like um, just still Wanda trying to heal witchcraft. This is a fun one because it's Wanda, her mother, and um, Agatha Harkness on the witch's road trying to heal heal the goddess of witchcraft or something. The art's <laughs> really good. <laughs> the story's so confusing, um, but I still read it every issue and enjoy it every time. How do they deal with there being no magic in the world anymore? Or are they just kind of ignoring that? No, like, uh, Wanda's, like, trying to fix that. Is okay, what right. she's So they were, like, they found a big sickness on their sort of witch goddess, and now they have to, now Wanda's back in the real world, um, and her mother sacrificed herself to um, fix fix the goddess. Right. And now she's, now she's just, uh, yeah, I think she's going to join the Avengers again or something like that. Right. Pretty fun. Pretty fun book. <laughs> if you like, if you like Scarlet Witch, it's a it's a good read. Um, and I also read Sam Wilson Captain America issue seventeen. Another book I need to catch up on. I'm yeah, I mean, behind. <laughs> I sort of I do enjoy this book, but Nick Spencer is not Nick Spencer is not subtle right. in any way with the themes that he does. So it's very contemporary, even though like obviously comics take a long time to write. Um, but it's all kind of like 
fake news, Fox, all that kind of stuff. Um, So it's like a right-wing sort of pundit goes to a university to talk about how um, the new Falcon is an illegal immigrant and all this kind of stuff and wears his papers and taking Mexicans, taking out jobs. And then she is attacked by like some really far left extremist kids who are like, this is a safe, this campus is a safe space for everyone except you. So it's just a bit like, it's just a bit on the nose. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's so... But, yeah, I mean... Like, it's going to date. <laughs> it's going to date really badly, I think. Um, like, consider this your trigger warning and then throws a grenade. Like, it's a bit... Uh, it's, like, a <laughs> bit... Yeah, like, it's a bit silly. It's cringy. You know I mean? It's also cringy when you're already on the right side of the argument. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? like, like, but there are hopefully... like, look, look, Hopefully, all it takes is one Captain America comic to, 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 some, put, like, to change someone's thoughts... From, from something negative to something positive. But I don't think that this is going to change anyone's right? thoughts. You know what I mean? Like, it feels very echo chambery. I'm trying um, to be the positive one this Yeah, week. sorry. <laughs> I, you I am the voice so of be, negative. So much. I'm going to be real bad in the future. Um, Next Bendis book. <laughs> we can talk about it for an hour. Um, and this is just like, it's it's still going to, like, the ending of the comic is just rage being attacked by the Americops. So I feel like this series is kind of going around in circles a little bit. And I think that the Steve Trevor book is actually a much more interesting the Captain Steve America. Steve Trevor book? What did I? Oh, yeah, sorry. Steve <laughs> Rogers. Come on, guys. There's a lot of Steves. Um, <laughs> Lynn, Lynn is laughing so hard. <laughs> so, many good, um, so many good King's Comics cameos this week. Totally. <laughs> um, which I think is a much better. I think it's a better Captain America book, or at least like more. No, see, I like compelling. this. I like this book more than than. Uh, I, I mean, that said, I'm, I'm more up to date on the other one than yeah. this. So I don't know what that says. About Love me. Nazi Steve. Love um, it. No, I, I, I like uh, I like Sam Wilson more than this this, this book more. I, I think it's just a bit more fun. Yeah, but also like again, I feel like it's one of those books that like nothing much happens. We should uh, have like uh, we should start paying attention to uh, to news and things that our annoying friends on Facebook are talking about and predict which of them will make their way into Nick Spencer books. You just need to three follow, months from you now. You need to follow his Twitter feed. Yeah, totally. <laughs> which I had to stop doing. Um, look, the art is the art's really nice by Paul Renaud. That's probably the best. But you see the Daniel Acuna cover and you're like, yes, Acuna. Mm-hmm. And like, Pon Renard's still great. but Yeah, like, but he's, he's no Acuna. Acuna, even though he's doing his best. So those are our DC and Marvel reviews for the week, which means we've only got Image left. Did you got anything more than Image? Um, I have also one um, boom book. You got a boom book. Um, I got two Image books, the first of which is The Walking Dead, uh, part six of six of The Whisperer Wars, issue 162. Uh, it says it's the end of The Whisperer War, but a little bit of a letdown. The, the Whisperer War is far from over, and I don't know why they did it like this because it looks like the next issue is going to be way more exciting than the last six issues have been and they're not part of the, this kind of weird semi-Walking Dead event. Weird. Uh, I, I love what this event has done to the character of um, uh, old mate uh, Negan. Oh, yeah. Um, he uh, is vastly different to the version that you're seeing on television at the moment um, and he's really really grown as a character and also if you've been reading the uh negan origin story um like three pages that have been appearing in the image plus magazines Mm -hmm. um that that ties into this issue in a really really nice way and actually has he has like a beautiful moment Hmm. so uh yeah kudos to kirkman for that but no kudos for uh kind of ending this on a bit of a like oh was that it kind of note this event the whisperer war yeah that seems annoying 
Um, I also read Black Science, number 27 by Rick Remender and Matteo Scalera. Um, and uh, they've turned the fucking book on its head again. Uh, every five issues, they just do something just batshit crazy. <laughs> and uh, I don't want to spoil it for anyone, but I do not know what's going to happen in the next issue. I think a lot of people just died. Nice. <laughs> uh, Classic Remender. Matteo Scalera is the best. Uh, there's a whole bunch of possessed people on uh, the way he they... does his eyes in this. It's just uh, out of control. They did a statue, um, a black science statue that came out like last week or the week before, I think, that's based on his art and is so good. This one? Yeah, beautiful. Have really you, beautiful. Is that in at Kings at the moment? Yeah, but I think we maybe only got one in. Right. Uh, so it's gone already? Uh, I don't know. You'd have yeah. to check. <laughs> I want to see it in the flesh. Mm. They only made 500 of these. Really nice, really nice in person. Awesome. Um, what image book did you read this week? Um, I read Cannibal, issue four by Brian Buccoletto. Written by Brian Buccoletto and Jay Nailed Young it. with art by Matea, Matthias Bagara. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I really like this book. So this is like a uh, set in the South. There's cannibals. That's kind of what you need to know. <laughs> it's not quite a zombie book. Yeah, not quite a zombie book because these people seem normal. They're walking around, it's fine. And then all of a sudden the hunger comes up within them and they need to eat people. The thing that I really like about this book is that the characters are not... Like, no one in this book is perfect. Everyone's sort of violent or horrible or like like the... <laughs> you know how not perfect people are horrible. No, but you know, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you know no how, like, how murder is just an imperfection. <laughs> everyone's everyone's kind of complicated. Like characters use their children against each other in like horrible kind of divorce situations. Right. And it, it, it just seems a little... It feels kind of... In a really silly book about cannibalism, it feels kind of real. And one of the things that I like about this is that, um, you know, the main character is searching for his girl who he just proposed to who's um a stripper and i think that it's really nice to see a really compassionate humanistic view of a sex worker in a comic book because i don't think that happens super often so i really like this i think the art's really solid i like all of the characters i like how complicated everyone is um and I think it's just clever. I think it's a clever book. I really enjoy it. I'm looking forward. It doesn't return until May, so there's a bit of a there's a bit of a hiatus. But I think it's um I think this one is super worth your time, guys. I think it's clever. Um, and I also read issue four of Big Trouble in Little China, f- crossed over with Escape from New York. Um, this is so fun. I think the m- key thing about this is the art by um, Daniel Bayless is so good, and Greg Pak does such a good job of. Um, giving each of these characters a really unique and really accurate voice. If you like these movies, this is like, it seems silly, but it's so worth reading. Like yep. it's heaps fun. Um, and this has an issue with multiple snake pliskins all fighting um, to be the only remaining snake pliskin. And it's got Jack Burton pretending to be a snake really poorly. And it's really funny. Um, <laughs> and I really, yeah, just heaps enjoyable. That's going to be the first thing I read when I get on the train today. Nice. I, I managed to read 20 comics in like a couple of hours before we recorded. It was very I, impressive. I only picked my comics up today. Uh, what else did you read? What do you got? This big, big old book. The one thing that um, I also wanted to mention that I read over my break as I sat on this beautiful picturesque beach in the south coast of Australia. I read Tommy. No, no one else is on the beach to judge you for reading yeah. comics on a beach. <laughs> um, I read No Use Escaping. Tomi by um, Junji Ito, who, if you um, know of his work, he's like a master of um, Japanese horror. He did Uzumaki, that one that's all about spirals, um, and a whole bunch of other stuff, Gyo, Fragments of Horror. And this is a book about a murdered teenage girl who comes back again and again. And this is just a series of stories featuring her in increasingly horrible and inventive ways. It's a character who was... um, 
a teenager who was having an affair with her teacher and when she threatened to go public with it, he killed her and chopped her up into little pieces and hid her around a forest. And then she comes back to school the next day. And so every time she... Um, she makes men fall in love with her because she's beautiful. But then once they once they're in love with her, they want to dismember her, and they do. But then she regenerates in increasingly horrible ways. <laughs> and this is like the art in this gets in, like it's disgusting. It is like it is unbelievable and like the inventiveness like that that basic concept goes in so many directions it's so interesting like each story you think is just going to be the same because it's just another tomy book but the the myriad of ways he finds to do horrifying horrifying things with this teenage girl character is so genius and the art is like horrifying and it really stick with you if you like horror comics um i definitely definitely recommend picking this up is it because gory it's- or just creepy um, it is all of the above. It is gory and disgusting and creepy and weird and like, yeah, so, so And brilliant. charming. And charming and delightful. <laughs> it will stay with you for years. Those are all our reviews for this week. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week uh, with reviews of uh, everything that comes out next week, this week. Uh, one of those weeks. Yeah. Uh, some books that are coming out this week that we think you should uh, check out. Uh, I am probably the most excited about Sherlock Blind Baker number one, which is the uh, second series of manga uh, based on the uh, BBC Sherlock series. We loved the first uh, the first six issues of those, and to see the second episode turn into manga is super exciting. Absolutely, um, Wonder Woman fourteen coming out. That's the last issue that our artist of uh, twenty sixteen, Nicholas Scott worked on and it's the finale of the year well, Wonder Woman year one storyline that Rick Rick Rock has done so really uh, a bit bummed that that's going to so be ending but so excited to but see so what excited. she's doing of next of course mate, we're excited us. Um, Justice League versus Power Rangers great number one that starts next week uh, and we get uh, some uh, second issues of some comics we quite liked Motor Crush number two um, really keen for that yeah we get Motro number three yes um and and uh, is Mo- there's no Motor Girl. Damn it! Like there's Motor Girl, Motor Crush, and Motro. If they all come out in <laughs> one trio. week, that'll be real great. Uh, we get Southern a new episode, new issue of Southern Bastards, Amazing. new issue of Stray Bullets, two of my favorite Image comics, uh, and um, a whole bunch of other stuff. One thing I'm excited about coming out, um, I mentioned it I think a couple of weeks ago, is um, Beowulf coming out in one big graphic novel. This is written by Santiago Garcia with art by the brilliant David Rubin, who is on Ether um, at the moment, and this looks. Cool as hell if you like David Rubin as much as I do. I, I am going to be checking this out, and I think you should too. Does it, so, did you read? Do we read any of that before? Um, I don't know if I could be totally wrong, but I don't think that this it has been um, translated into English before. Oh wow, cool! So I think it was originally in Spanish, and now um, Image have done a translation and are releasing it in one book. And I'm super keen. So it's like it is a like it faithfully follows the Beowulf story, but is sort of. Um, just a just a new version, a new vision for it. Amazing. So I think that'll be really cool. Fantastic. Well, you can find us online, facebook.com slash serious issues podcast, and send us an email to serious issues at kingscomics.com. You still checking that shit one? Yeah, of course. Okay, good. We should get many emails. <laughs> you can uh, you can you know you want to change that everyone. Send us an email. We love email. Uh, better yet, follow us on Twitter, which is twitter.com slash serious underscore underscore issues, or individually at Levdog at Shivon CBG on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Uh, is that it? Yeah. Um, the next Queens of Kings for anyone, any geeky ladies in Sydney is happening on January 22nd, 5.30 p.m.
p.m. at King's Comics. We're going to be talking about Mockingbird, everyone's favorite comic, Mockingbird. I think it's going to be a good one, and I look forward to seeing you all then. Make sure you send Siobhan some messages, see if we can uh, uh, warm up Siobhan's ice-cold heart. <laughs> Never. <laughs> see if she can like I only love heart. horrifying manga now. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, until next week, um, Siobhan is mean. It's <laughs> our new catchphrase. <laughs> Yay, I like that. <laughs> Hey, this is Levins. Thanks so much for listening to Serious Issues. If you're not completely sick of my voice by now, why don't you check out one of my other podcasts? One is called Hey Fam, and it's about comedy and pop culture, so like comic book movies and comic book TV shows, all that kind of thing. The other one is called The Mitchin, and it's all about the uh, food and bar scene in Sydney. You can find both of them on iTunes or download them directly at yolevins.com slash podcasts. Thanks so much for your support, and I'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.